Welcome to PR Say, the podcast of the Houston chapter of the Public Relations Society of America. On PR Say, we spotlight our talented members and get to know each other a little better. If you are a PRSA Houston chapter member and don't get a chance to network as much as you'd like or are unable to attend our in-person events, here's your chance to connect with your fellow members. Welcome to PRSA. This is the podcast of the Houston chapter of the Public Relations Society of America. I'm your show host, Veronica Sofer with Veronica V. Sofer Public Relations, and I have the pleasure of bringing to you every week some phenomenal PRSA Houston chapter members, and the objective is for you to connect with folks. So there is a call to action at the end of this podcast when you're done listening, and that is to network and grow your PRSA community. All right, guys, that's the plan here. So if you're listening on our podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. We don't want you to miss any episodes of the show. If you're watching on one of our social media platforms, then please drop us some comments so my guest and I can come back and connect. So with that, we'll go ahead and get our show started. We've got our first guest, Mary Beth Bassett, joining us today. Hello, Mary Beth. Hi, how are you? So great. I'm so excited to be here and learn more about you and what what it is you do. Yes, I am a senior public relations manager for Visit Galveston, formerly known as the Galveston Convention and Visitors Bureau. But our goal is to promote tourism to the island um, through uh, building earned media, media relations. Uh, we, I handle crisis communications. And, you know, we hit the Houston market, the regional market, the national market. So we just we there's a lot we offer to people who want to visit, the 7 million people who visit every year. And so we just like to keep it positive and fun. That's so exciting. And so different from what some of our members experience working at an agency or in the corporate, right. maybe oil and gas field. So you have a unique perspective that others um, don't. And I'd love for you to kind of share some of the challenges and opportunities you have working in the tourism space, um, especially for those who might be interested in seeing what that might be like. Well, I will say that I, I feel like when I I approach media, I'm authentic because I live here and I love it here. So it's easy for me to convey that message that, of course, why wouldn't you want to come here? There's history. There's the birthplace of Juneteenth. There's 32 miles of beaches. I mean, I think the only thing we don't have is wineries, but everything else, we just check the box and and I can find a fit for you. And so I think that kind of points toward, you know, we hear it all the time from media outlets, you know, target your pitches, don't send me things that I'm not interested in. And, you know, and I, and I think that's a given, but I'm surprised that that's still a thing. Right. <laughs> right. Know? But do it and, and, right. and you get really great results. Yeah, for sure. And absolutely. Sometimes you just have to go back, back to the basics. Um, exactly. so, yeah. And so Mary Beth, you've got a lot of fun things happening in Galveston with a lot of attention headed your way this time of year. Tell us a little bit about some of the things you've got going on for Mardi Gras and um, all the cool things that Galveston has to offer. Sure. Um, so this, so last year during COVID, um, Mardi Gras Galveston was canceled. So this year, the 111th celebration took place. And I'll tell you, this is interesting. I'm wearing my Mardi Gras beads. Um, so I got a call from AARP.com, which is 
hugely widely circulated. I mean, like, yay, they called me. And they're doing a, a listicle of places to celebrate Mardi Gras. And she offhandedly said that St. Louis claims that they have the second biggest Mardi Gras. And in fact, Galveston claims to have the third largest next to Mobile, next to New Orleans. So a St. Louis um, TV station got a hold of that information and contacted several, like eight destinations where Mardi Gras festivities took place. And it turns out that St. Louis is nowhere near second. You know, so and I'm not dogging St. Louis at sure, all. Sure. But sure. what I'm saying is, and, and the reason is they just didn't have the data to back up their claim. Right. So my point is, you know, I had an economic impact report from 2019. I know, you know, the number of ticketed entries. I know how many people attend parades. I know how many parades happen. And so I just think the value of data is so important when you're making claims, especially, you know, the first, the best, the, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And how has your communications um, experience g helped you in that space? Because a lot of us, a lot of us are um, in, in a place where we're making claims or we are trying to share data, but oftentimes that data might be questioned and it might be um, even challenged. What experiences got you to the place to where you just candidly had an economic plan, uh, impact plan readily available to you. Um, clearly you had experience that told you this is the kind of information I need to have readily available. Yes. And I'll, I'll tell you our team, um, I work with a marketing director who is so data driven. It's hurtful. I mean, she <laughs> lives for it. And so they are willing to get a, a third party validation for much of the work that we do. I mean, even, you know, special events that we provide incubator funding for, there's a form that the, the event promoters fill out and then they have to provide their backup. You know, I need to know how many room nights that translated to, you know, to, to verify or justify the money that we're giving. So mm -hmm. there's, you know, from front to back, there's, um, data that statistics that back up what we do. And mm -hmm. so I think that's really helpful. And, you know, and I know, you know, this, and I know everyone uh, listening knows, you know, being transparent, if, if, if we're not the third, or if, if the film festival, or if, if whatever festival doesn't live up to expectations, we are honest, mm -hmm. you know, we say, mm -hmm. and so here are the changes we're going to make, you know, and here's what we're going to do to rectify it mm -hmm. because I think that um, makes you a, a better source for media and, and for your community. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think those are all very valid points, especially again, when some of us um, are held accountable to maybe the taxpayer mm -hmm. or to a exactly. governing board. I mean, transparency is key. PR say is brought to you by Veronica V. Soaker Public Relations. We design and execute personal visibility strategies for businesses, organizations, authors, and entrepreneurs who are ready to up-level their brands and leverage earned media to legitimize their place in the niche. Visit us at veronicavsofer.com or connect on LinkedIn. Um, switching gears just a little bit, tell me about your membership in PRSA and how that helps you um, 
with in the tourism space, right? Because obviously you've got a lot of experience with media relations, but it seems to me like a lot of that is um, event planning and some other functions that maybe others don't get to experience. Well, you know, I've gotten a lot more involved now that I'm on the board and I find that um, meeting with and networking with PR professionals from other industries, there's a lot of crossover. We're all dealing with transparency, with ethics, with crisis communications. I mean, an oil and gas person may not be dealing with, you know, a hurricane situation or something, or they might, but, but it's still the same. It's still a crisis. It's still, so we all have valuable information to share. And I think that, you know, sort of uh, the light bulb kind of goes off even with someone who's in a, a healthcare industry or something that there's, there's a carryover that you may or may not have realized until you actually talk face to face and network and meet these people in your industry um, PR, but in other fields. Yeah, for sure. And I know during the pandemic, a lot of us haven't, weren't able to attend or, or, you know, we are such a large chapter regionally. So oftentimes being able to drive somewhere may not work in the middle of the day or or even at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. So connecting virtually is another great way to share some of those stories, like you said. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, even, you know, on a Facebook group or whatever, I have a question, I have a problem you know, has anyone had experience with an RFP or something like that? So super helpful. Yeah, for sure. So we also have a lot of young members and young professionals in the organization. And we also have um, a lot of students and our POSSA chapters. What advice would you give for young professionals um, looking to to grow in this space? Um, and um, how would you recommend they go about learning how to connect and network for jobs? Um, I'm going to be old fashioned, but um, as far as uh, young people who want to get into PR, I really think the foundation is good writing. Yes. Because that's something that you notice right away if it's a skill you don't have. So learn how to write, learn AP style. And then if, you know, the networking is obviously very valuable, but you have to have the foundation first. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. You you are preaching <laughs> to the choir because I'm now what they call seasoned. And, oh, and yep. Yep. Yeah, and um I've now stepped into that, but I think writing is probably the the one skill that um we see the most um uh, challenging part for young professionals to come into this mm-hmm. space. So I would, I would agree. What parting remarks do you have for us as we wrap up this episode? Um, and, uh, and I appreciate the story you shared because that's a great, that's a great reminder about the value of data. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say that I think as PR professionals and, and we talked, you know, before we mm-hmm. got on, um, the it's, a colleague of mine said something about a thrill of the deadline. Yeah. And, um, but as a PR professional, when a news crew calls and says, we're on our way down to Galveston and we need to, you know, you have to be ready. You have to be ready to provide talking points to your spokesperson. You just have to, you know, no day is the same. So if you want a consistency in your day and you want every day to be scheduled, then don't go into PR. Agreed. (laughs) That's the best tip ever. I love that, Mary Beth. (laughs) 
So true. How can our members connect with you? Are you on LinkedIn? On what are your Yes, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, okay. And my email is mbassett at visitgalveston.com. Love it. All right, Mary Beth, you've been fantastic to visit with, and I appreciate the time. All right. Thanks, Veronica. All right, folks, make sure you connect with Mary Beth. She's got some great um, resources and she's got, she's someone you definitely want to connect with, especially if you're interested in the tourism space and learning and seeing what that's about. I hope you enjoyed this episode of PRSA. This is the Houston chapter podcast of the Public Relations Society of America. I'm your show host, Veronica Sofer with Veronica V. Sofer Public Relations, and I hope to connect with you in person soon. 